the name of the Father and the Son and God's Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Father John Powell once observed that uh, most of us uh, come into this world with clenched fists, which is to say that most babies are born this way. Um, And the challenge, he said, the challenge of this life is to learn to leave the world with open hands. He readily acknowledged that both of these positions are important. In fact, they are really essential to the living of a full and a joyful life. For example, it is important that we learn to hold on to the beauties of this world, to somehow touch them, to be connected with them. The book of Genesis says that when God created the world, um, he said it is good. It is very good. And so part of our purpose in life is to come to share with God uh, that sense of wonder, to come to feel about what the Chinese call the world of 10,000 things, a sense of delight. And it would be tragic to go through life and not touch and be touched by the beauty that is all around us. Years ago when I was in college, uh, I went during a spring um, semester to study Buddhism at a, a, a Buddhist monastery in Big Sur in California. It was a wonderful few weeks. And um, one of the memories I still hold from those days was sitting on the lawn outside of the dining room Uh, sitting with one of the young Buddhist monks. Uh, He was there with his family, and he was playing with his one-year-old toddler, um, just holding him up and turning him over and and just obviously taking uh, great delight in his young son. And at one point, he turned to us and he said, you know, the priests tell us that um, we need to somehow let go, not become attached to anything or everyone. Um, And he said, looking at his son, that's going to be harder with some things than other things. And I really understood what he was talking about. Learning how to hold this world and behold the wonder of it is one of the high callings that comes to every one of us. And yet at the same time, we also need to learn how to let go. That is, to embrace the wonders of this world, but not to clutch them too tightly. We need to realize that none of these things are permanent, and they were not meant to be. None of these things are our possession, in the sense that we have a right to them, or that we created them. The question that God asked Job from the whirlwind, it seems to me, is worth all of us considering. Where were you when the foundations of the world were laid? God asked, did you cause the morning stars to sing together for joy? You see, the truth is we didn't create any of this. It is he that made us, the psalmist says, and we are his. So we need to be very careful about how we use these words my and mine, because it is possible to clutch too tightly, to feel that things belong to us by right. In fact, you realize that 
um, there is a very small difference between a caress and a stranglehold. They are both ways of touching, but one of them gives life and nurturing, and the other cuts off life. So we need to learn to hold, but also to let go. We come into this world with clenched fists, said Father Powell, but we need to learn to open our hands. We need hands of gratitude. We need hands that trust. We need hands that are willing to relinquish so that we are also then willing to receive. And John says that this understanding of our human challenge helps to illuminate uh, something that Jesus said about that dark tunnel that is at the end of all of our lives. Um, on one occasion, as Bill was reading, Jesus spoke about the end as though it comes like a thief in the night. He said it will come to surprise. It will seemingly take away all that that we regard as a rightful possession. But then in another place, in the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins, Jesus spoke of death in a very different way. He says it's like a bridegroom coming to claim the beloved, to take her to an even greater joy. Well, those are two very different metaphors, right? A thief coming in the night, a lover coming to claim the beloved. But he says the difference is rooted in how we learn to hold and behold the th things of time and space. If we have begun to regard anything in history, be it a possession or a person or even our own lives, if we have come to regard any of that as a rightful possession, then the separation that always accompanies the experience of dying is going to feel like an act of theft. It's going to feel like we have been robbed of something that is rightfully ours. On the other hand, if we begin to understand that everything is gift and that every good thing comes down from God, like the raindrops falling this morning, if we can see it all as a gift of love, then we can experience the separation of dying the way a bride gladly leaves father and mother and cleaves to her husband. Now, there is a great mystery to this whole process of dying and I think we should never forget that. But one thing is clear, and that is that when we die, we are separated from everything in history. I have stood there, as I am sure many of you have, when that moment happens. And I have watched that radical, awesome change that comes over the situation. What happens is that that animating spirit is there one moment, and then it is gone the next. And yet everything else stays the same. The car keys are still there on the table. The house, the furniture is all in the same place. Depending on how that person has held those things of time and space, that event will feel either like a thief coming in the night or like a lover coming to invite her further and deeper into this great adventure. We are to hold and behold with gratitude and delight 
to recognize all of life as a gift beyond our deserving. If we trust that, then we can trust that the great giver will come in that moment of separation, not to rob us, but to take us into an even greater joy. And it is that ability to open our hands, to give back to the giver what the blessed one has first given us that opens the way for us to receive the next gift of life on the very same terms that we were given this gift of life. John Powell talks about a, a seminary classmate of his who for 13 years had studied to become a priest in the Catholic Church. And then, just a few days before he was to be ordained, he got what we sometimes refer to as pre-ordination jitters. So the doctor at the seminary pres prescribed a mild sedative that he hoped would calm the seminarian's nerves. Well, by some organic quirk, this medicine had just the opposite effect on his body, and it got him even more hyped up. In fact, he went into a psychotic episode. He actually had a period of hysterical blindness. He had to be taken to the hospital. The superior came to the hospital after they had gotten him settled down and said that his ordination would have to be canceled because, of course, he was in no shape, physically or emotionally, to go through that kind of radical step. Well, of course, that came as devastating news to this young seminarian. For 13 years, he had had no other dreams or passions. After the superior left, he was left alone in his hospital room he got down by the side of his bed and began to thrash his arms in a fit of rage. He began to cry into space, God, you can't do this to me. For 13 years, I have worked for nothing else. And now to get this close and have it all snatched away, it's not fair. You can't do this to me, God. You can't. When he had spent all of his energy in that kind of lament, Finally, he fell exhausted across the bed and in a weakened voice said, but of course you can. You can do anything you want. You're God and I'm a creature. Of course you can. And John said the next thing that his friend told him really surprised him. The young man said that in that moment of, in that time of utter exhaustion and emptiness, a peace came over him that he had never experienced before. An incredible sense of all rightness. It was the peace that can be found only with open hands. With that mindset, his mental composure quickly returned. He went back to seminary. It was clear that he had made a giant step in his own spiritual journey. Within a few months, he was ordained to the priesthood. But as he knelt to have those hands placed on his head, he felt those hands as the gift that they really were, not as something that he deserved or had earned. It was the good and perfect gift coming down from
from heaven. In other words, he had learned that though we come into this world with clenched fists and we need to learn to hold, there is a deeper lesson that when we can trust the great giver, we can open our hands to whatever it is that one chooses to do. And we can be certain that we are meeting in that sep- what we are meeting in that separation is not a thief coming to rob us, but rather the bridegroom coming to claim us. So I think this morning it's worth asking, what kind of hold do I have on the things of time and space? It would be tragic not to behold the wonders of this life everywhere around us, but to clutch something or someone that was never meant to be permanent, to treat it as though it were ours for the keeping, that would be a great mistake. We first learn to hold in wonder, and then we relinquish in hope. It is true of every stage of our lives. And I think it's important to remind ourselves of that on this All Saints Sunday because it is my deepest faith that those that we have loved and lost have not been robbed, but rather claimed by the bridegroom. And our task is to see the wonders of this world as they now see them and to recognize the gifts for what they are means to help us to grow in our trust of the giver so that when we, when you and I are asked to let go of this tree of life, we will be like the bride who leaves her home that has brought her to where she is but goes with gladness with the bridegroom into an even greater joy. It is never too late to learn that lesson. And it is never too early to start learning it. Robert Fulgham made a fortune by writing a little book he called All I Ever Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. And uh, I can identify with him that some of the most important lessons in life we begin to learn early on. When I was a kid, my favorite candy was those little Hershey's Kisses wrapped in that tinfoil. My mother used to keep uh, a glass bowl of them on the round coffee table uh, in our living room. And so on the way to the school bus, in New York we all rode the bus, um, I would take a few of those with me. Um, And then at, at school I would hide them in that little area under your desktop where you were supposed to put your books and your pencils, and I would hide them so that my friends couldn't swipe them during the day. The real trick, however, was how to get them to school. I learned that if I put them in my pocket, they would very easily get crushed when I was sitting on the bus, or they would melt, which was not easy to get out, my mother said. So I would take just a few, three or four, in my hand, I learned that if I held on to them too loosely, I would drop them. And that was a very sad moment when I would get to school. On the other hand, if I held them too tightly, they would melt in my hand and be worthless by the time I got there. 
At the ripe old age of five, I began to learn the art of holding and yet not holding too tightly, of embracing ingratitude but not clutching with a stranglehold. I think we need to ask ourselves on this All Saints Sunday, how do you honestly envision the event of your own passing, the separating from everything and everyone that you know in time and space? Does it seem to you like a thief that will come in the night? Or have you begun to realize the coming of death as the coming of a lover, and that empty hands are the way to receive this wonderful gift. We come into this world having started with clenched fists. We are here to learn the art of open hands. Where are you in the curriculum of life? <laughs>